It's All Access with LMU Baseball Head Coach Nathan Choate. I'm your host, Jonathan Grace. Each week, Coach Choate will take Lions behind the scenes with the LMU Baseball Program, talk about page magic, and upcoming events with the team. Coach, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. LMU Athletics would like to thank University Credit Union for bringing you today's episode of All Access. University Credit Union is a proud supporter of the Lions family. You can visit your local university credit union at ucu.org. So it's been a crazy offseason, uh, and your your 2020 season was cut a little bit short. Can you just walk me through what the emotion on the team was and from your end and from the coaching end uh, to have your first season as a head coach at LMU cut short due to the pandemic? Yeah, first it was uh, it was pretty shocking. I think it took a little bit for us to process it and, and kind of move through it. Um, it happened so quickly and nothing really in our lifetime of, of college athletics had never happened like that before. So I think just a little bit of shock and just trying to process the whole thing. Uh, ultimately, who I felt bad for w- was the kids. You know, um, you know, we had some seniors that have moved on to professional baseball and, uh, you know, I, I did feel bad for those guys. Let's let's wind back the clock a little bit to, to right around that time when things shut down fully in March. You know, what did you guys do? Did you stop all operations? Did you continue practicing remotely with everybody separately? How was that structured? Yeah, so when it first happened, we honestly, I thought it was going to probably be like a two week shutdown. And then maybe we would start to, you know, start seeing each other again. And um, so we got real comfortable with Zoom in a hurry and, you know, stayed in communication. The big part the big piece at that point was the academic component and our guys at the time um, had the highest GPA in, in, in program history. And so I thought, you know, I thought our coaching staff and our players did a really good job communicating how they were doing, um, you know, in the classroom and with remote learning. And so honestly, that was the main focus at that point. It wasn't really baseball training. It was finishing off the semester pretty well academically um, and then as we got into the summer, then we got into more of the baseball stuff. So now as we're, we're just a week away from officially kicking off the season at the time that, that we're recording, and you guys will, will play first a uh, little three-game series against USC. What is your preparation looking like at this point, now just seven days out? It is definitely different than, than normal years. Um, things are constantly changing, even now. Um, you know, dugout setups, travel, uh, with, with the COVID stuff changing constantly, we're still trying to piece it together. And so um, we're trying to balance, be a baseball team and and some of the just, you know, the the, the off the field stuff of how we're going to travel and, and, and trying to figure this whole thing out. You know, I, I want to ask a little bit about what the practice structure looks like. You know, is it everybody on the field at once? I know other teams have had protocols with, you know, taped off workout areas and things like that. What does it look like on your end? Right now we have everybody out there um, training together. In the fall, we went in three different pod groups, and so we had split everybody up. It, it was much different than it is now. This being so close to the season, it's hard to train in baseball unless you have everybody on the field. So at this point in time, since we've been back in January, we have had everybody together, obviously socially distant, wearing masks and all of that type of stuff. Uh, but we are together, which has really helped. Um, practices are different just from you know the talks that happen. You have to constantly make sure teams are in different dugouts. Um, during practice. So some of the logistics are definitely different, but but we are at least together. Do you feel that given the nature of the game, I mean, you know, in, in a game setting, people would pretty much be socially distanced anyway, aside from, as you said, the dugout. Do you think that has kind of helped on the baseball end, you know, as opposed to sports like soccer or, or basketball, where everyone is more closely joined together? Do you feel like you guys have had a little bit of an advantage in that realm? 
Yeah, I do think the the way the game is designed, you are socially distant. So I think there are some advantages to that. But I think in any team competition, it's still pretty difficult um, because people want to high five. They want to congratulate each other. They want to spend time together as a team. So we still have those challenges in the dugout and, and, and that team camaraderie component. Um, but but uh, the physical game itself, there's no question that, you know, it, it's designed to be socially distant. So, so we do have a little bit of advantage in that. I want to go back for just a moment, uh, back to, to National Signing Day. A whole slew of, of fresh talent that, that you guys have brought into this program, um, but a common thread was a lot of these guys, seven of them actually, were, were California natives, and, and most of them Southern California natives. How important was that in, in your recruiting process, You know, recruiting local talent to LMU? It, yeah, it's extremely important. I mean, Southern California is one of the hotbeds for, for baseball talent in the country. And doing a good job in our backyard is really, really important. And we're, as long as I'm the head coach here, we're going to really focus on getting some of the best local players to come to LMU. Um, LMU's got a great tradition of baseball and obviously the academic component, getting your degree from a place like this. I think there's a lot of things to like about LMU as a baseball player. And so really, we've re- really tried to hit home with, with those you know, student athletes that this is a great place. And so Tony Asaro, who's our recruiting coordinator, did a really, really good job um, early on, you know, building some relationships, you know, locally and identifying some of those players and getting them here. How was it working with him during the recruiting process, especially as, as still a relatively new head coach in this program? As we said, your, your first full year was, was cut short by the pandemic, but still got some good games in. And obviously you've had time uh, with the team over the course of the last year. How was it working uh, during that recruiting process? Well, the recruiting, I'm all, I've been a recruiting coordinator for a long time, and I'm always going to be very involved in recruiting. I think it's critical that the head coach is involved in recruiting um, of who, who you're going to work with and, and who you're going to commit to for the next three or four years. So that part wasn't that different because I've, I've been used to it. But, you know, Tony, I coached Tony at UC Irvine uh, when I was a volunteer assistant and he, and he was a player for us. And so I really trust him. We already had a pretty strong relationship built. And I think that has really helped um, just kind of getting it, getting it started. He knows what we're looking for and the style of player that we want. And so um, and then Matt Curtis, who, who was at USC, is obviously involved as well, and, and Ryan Erickson. And so I think all of us working together and trying to figure out what fits and what we're looking for, um, that is a little bit of a process. But I, I think, you know, every day, the more that we're together, I think the more comfortable we get together. And, you know, as we said, you're, you're going into your second full season as, as head coach. But, you know, going back to, to last season, what was that selection process like for you in terms of how much say you had over the rest of the coaching staff and, and what that structure looked like? Yeah, you know, the, our administration was great. They, they gave us the resources to hire people that really, at the end of the day, what I was looking to do as a first time head coach was hire people that could cover my blind spots. Um, you know, you only get two paid assistants. I probably have enough blind spots that I need 10 paid assistants, but I think I think those two guys have done a great job, and that's what I've tried to do. And, and Matt was a head coach um, at Cal State Northridge, and he was the associate head coach at USC. And, and like I said, my relationship with Tony and, and Ryan playing at LMU and being an alum, there's a lot of pieces um, that, that those guys, they fit the, the needs that I felt we needed. When it comes to you specifically, when you're out there working with the guys, how would you describe your coaching and your leadership style? Um, I am tough on our players. I think they would say that, um, I coach them hard and I try to tell them the truth and hold them accountable. You know, it's great in the recruiting process. Everybody says they want to be told the truth, but sometimes when you tell an 18, 19, 20 year old kid, the truth, um, it hurts a little bit. And, 
And my style is I'm not the most sensitive guy in the world when it comes to that. So um, I deliver it as I believe it to be true. Uh, but I, I do think that it works because I, I really care about the players that I coach and the guys in our program. Um, so I think if, if you prove to players that you know what the heck you're doing, number one, and number two, you know, you, you care about them quite a bit. Um, I think they'll put up with a little bit more when you, when you're trying to push them to grow and become better. So, um, I tell it to recruits all the time. I'm not the easiest guy to play for. I, I have a high level of expectation. Um, but I think when it comes to game time, they'll know that they always have a coach that believes in them and, and has their back. So ho hopefully they believe that. Do you feel like that mentality is, is echoed in your coaching staff as well with, with your paid assistants and volunteer assistants as well, you know, being a hard coach, but one that inspires confidence? Yeah, I, I do. You know, there's a lot of experience on our staff and, you know, you know, I've been to the College World Series. Matt Curtis won a national championship at Fresno State. Tony Asaro went to the College World Series at UC Irvine. Um, so there's a high level of expectation. And, and the goal is to go to the College World Series. And, and I tell people that and they're like, well, LMU hasn't done it since 1986 and they're not a power five. And, you know, and now you got to be at a power five. I, that's not true. That, that is not true in the sport of baseball. And so um, there's a high level of expectation by our coaching staff. And I think that's where that comes from, um, of just holding guys accountable. Well, I want to go back to what you were saying just there about expectations and LMU, you know, getting a shot at, at the College World Series. Do you think that this season kind of being shaken up and just the nature of the pandemic and all the unpredictability can kind of help LMU out in that regard of, you know, giving them maybe a better shot than they would have normally had? I mean, there's already so much talent on this team. Uh, but do you think that given everything that happened this year, that might actually be a little bit of a leg up? I'll tell you in June. <laughs> you know, in the season, no. but you know, I, I think, and, and it's kind of been a theme with our team, I think how we deal with adversity, right? Whether it be people testing positive for COVID or games being canceled or having to, to, to change and, and pivot at times, how we handle those situations. I mean, we can obviously use, like you said, use that to our advantage. Um, but at the same time, dealing with adversity, it's easy to talk about. It's hard to do. So, you know, our, our schedule this year is pretty difficult and that's intentional. And so, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see how we handle some of the adversity when we lose four or five games in a row and guys are struggling and they get frustrated and, and games get canceled. And, you know, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Well, you mentioned uh, your season and specifically, yeah, this uh, non-conference schedule is very, very difficult. You guys start off against USC and then right then to their crosstown rivals, UCLA. You've got Utah, Washington, Cal, BYU, uh, a bunch of really, really tough high-level programs. Um, and LMU, as we said, has a lot of talent. But I want to talk specifically about building a schedule, um, particularly during a pandemic. How do you as a head coach go about putting together a competitive schedule during a time like this? Well, this year was different. You know, we were supposed to have Oklahoma coming in and play. Um, they they obviously had to cancel with with the travel restrictions and all of those types of things. And then we had several state schools, California state schools, on our on our schedule, and uh, they were in limbo as far as what their schedule was going to look like. And so, made a decision pretty early on that you know the Pac-12 and the WCC seemed pretty aligned on playing, and so made a decision at that point in time in order for us to, to get better and develop and play and, and, and have a good WCC season, we need to challenge ourselves. And so um, early on, we, we decided, you know what, we're going to play some of the best teams in the country. The, the Pac-12 is a great conference. And the bottom line is felt like that gave us the best opportunity to actually play games during COVID. Um, so that, that's where it started. 
Well, it's interesting that the, the Pac-12 and the WCC are kind of lining up in this way because we've seen, you know, obviously how powerful the Pac-12 is, but also the WCC in just about most collegiate sports, particularly the last two years, uh, pretty much all of the schools have really gone up a notch in terms of performance. Um, do you think that's actually going to help push both conferences and specifically push LMU to some better results? I do. You know, I think anytime you get to, to play some of those schools in the conference, um, it challenges your student athletes and you have a chance to develop and grow. And, and so um, it's an opportunity. I, I think anytime you have an opportunity to play some of those teams, it, it's what you do with that opportunity and do you take advantage of it. But yeah, I, I definitely think not just for our sport, but everybody, I, I think it will help the WCC across the board um, continuing to play high level competition. So I want to move in specifically to talk about the, the first three-game series against the Trojans. What are you guys doing specifically uh, to prepare for them? And an extension of that question is, you know, how do you approach each opponent, especially in a season this tough? Is the approach the same across the board, or do you tailor it based on who you're playing? Um, no, really, we are, our, our theme has been continue to be get better each day. Um, you know, the team that you see next Friday is going to be a completely different team by the end of the season, right? And so... We're really we're, we're competing against the game, right? And to play high quality, high level baseball. And regardless of who we play, if we we have enough talent that if we play good, clean, solid baseball, fundamentally sound baseball, we have an opportunity to beat anybody in the country. Now, flip that. If we don't play good quality baseball, we can lose to anybody in the country. So really have not focused on the opponent so much as much as us just getting better every day and with us being a little bit behind in January and just the, the timing of what it's been in the past. Um, I think we just have to constantly keep it in perspective that we just need to get better every single day and not compare where we're at right now to where we probably would have been last year or the year before or the year before. Um, I think, but I think that's across the board. I think we're in the same boat as other schools. So, um, you know, really focusing on just, I know it's a cliche, but really just getting better at today's practice. And then tomorrow when we get to tomorrow's practice, try to build upon that. That really has been our focus. Well, preseason, LMU was picked to finish fifth in the conference. And, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, LMU, I think, is, is a lot better than that. And we've said that, you know, this team has a lot of talent, a lot of raw talent, a lot of talent that's developed. And it's been exciting to watch some of these older players, uh, you know, specifically on the pitching side, you know, Josh Agnew, who we'll talk about in, in a little bit, um, you know, develop as, as athletes and as players. But uh, do you feel that, that LMU is, is going to finish a little bit higher than, than that fifth place estimate? Uh, that's obviously the goal. We'll have to wait and see. You know, talent doesn't win games and championships. Good teams do. And so, um, you know, like I said before, we're not the team right now that we're going to be at the end of the team or at the end of the season. So we're going to go on this journey as a team and, and time will tell how we come together as a team. And, and I think, like I said before, the team that handles adversity the best, not the most talented, but handles adversity the best will probably be a the, the champions of the WCC. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what kind of baseball we play, what kind of team we become. How do you feel that the guys have, have handled this, this adversity, you know, through the pandemic and the, the flexible schedule and all of that? They've been great. That, that is one thing I am definitely really proud of them. They've, they've had to make a lot of sacrifices. And, and I know sometimes people think, well, 18, 19, 20 year old kids that are getting to play baseball, but you know, they've had to make a lot of sacrifices off the field and the decisions that they make in their social circles and kind of have our LMU baseball bubble. And yeah, it's easy to say as an older adult, but you know, remember back when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, all those temptations and wanting to be social and wanting to be about around people, um, it has been extremely challenging. And uh, I am really proud 
of the way they've gone about it. You mentioned before, you know, it, it's been difficult with social distancing, you know, in, in terms of like congratulating one another on the field and wanting to give high fives and things like that. How have you and, and the, the other coaches kept the morale up on the team and, and kept these guys inspired despite, you know, them not being able to go out there and physically high five each other and stuff like that? You know, I think it's just trying to stay positive and, and relentless when when something negative happens. Right. It is a mindset. No, and, and having some perspective. I mean, no matter how bad you think your day is, I can find 25 people that have had a worse day. I, you know what I mean? And so I, I think just trying to keep this whole thing in perspective and be grateful for the things that you do have and the opportunities that you do have. And so I really do think the biggest thing is perspective. Keep everything in perspective. Um, you know, people say, hey, this stinks or this, you know, compared, yeah, compared to what? Really, ultimately, what does what is it? You know, this isn't great. Yeah. But compared to what? I mean, so I think, you know, those guys trying to keep that at the forefront of their mind and, and try and just be positive. How would you describe the overall mindset and morale on this team? What are the guys like, you know, both on the field and, and in the locker room? How do they interact with one another? Well, it's been challenging because we don't get to use the locker room, really. And so that's really been a place where, where guys come together. Um, we've been fortunate that we've at least been going through this since the fall. And with 18 new players, it has been challenging. I'm really proud of our older players for kind of taking some of the younger players under their under their wing and just kind of helping them along. And we don't have a lot of class distinction. And, and, and so from that standpoint, um, I'm really proud of the guys that have been here for, for welcoming those guys. Um, and like I said, what is our team going to be? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how we handle that adversity the first time, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder. I hope our team would have a chip on our shoulder. The first time that we get punched in the face, how, how do we respond to it? You know, not literally, but figuratively, where, you know, we, we don't play for a weekend and people are asking questions and everyone's saying, well, why are you doing this? And starts to question you. It's, I think that's where, you know, you just got to take a deep breath and everyone calm down and go, okay, we're going to get back to the drawing board and we're going to just take steps forward. And so, um, you know, this team, like I said, we'll have to see at the end of the year what, what they become and, and what their personality is. Well, I want to talk a little bit about some of the specific players on this team. We mentioned Josh Agnew, uh, and LMU has always been a, a program in the WCC that really is, is rich in pitching talent. Uh, and obviously this is something you're very familiar with. Uh, can we expect to see more of the same this season? Yeah, you know, um, I think sometimes pitching gets a little bit too much credit because it goes hand-in-hand hand with defense. So, you know, we've played really good defense the last couple of years here. And so I, I really think, you know, our success on the mound will be tied to our defensive philosophy. But I do expect our guys to go out there and compete on the mound, pitch with tempo, attack, um, throw a lot of quality strikes, and then play good, solid defense. Um, I always expect us to pitch well, but doesn't mean it – it just happens magically. You know, you go through stretches. I remember my first year here as a pitching coach, we went up to the University of Oregon for a weekend series and we got swept and we were terrible on the mound. And, 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 you know, we actually started to figure it out a week or two later at, at Louisiana Lafayette or Louisiana University of Louisiana on a trip there. So, well, again, I want to speak a little bit about Josh Agnew. He was named to the, the 2021 All-WCC preseason baseball team uh, as the sole lion on that roster. How important is his senior leadership, not only for this team, but uh, for the rest of the bullpen? It's extremely important. I mean, there's no substitute for experience. You know, uh, he's pitched on he was pitched on Friday last year. He's, he's banged up a little bit, so he's coming back off of an injury. So I don't know what his role is going to be originally, but I think just – 
you know, or initially, but I think just his presence and his experience helps everybody. Um, but we need to get him in the game. So, so we may not see him for another two or three weeks in an actual game. Uh, but yeah, he's extremely important to the, to this program and this team. What are you looking forward to most this season overall? I know it's a broad question, but you know, is, is it the tough opponents? Is it the opportunity to just get back out and play, uh, have a full season? You know, what, what is it for you that, that gets you most excited about this 2021 season? It's the opportunity, just opp- not opportunity to play, but the opportunity to challenge yourself when there's some adversity. I think that's where growth happens. I really do. Um, we're going to play some challenging opponents. We're going to deal with some circumstances what we've never dealt with before. These guys are going to be challenged like they've never been challenged before. And so they have an opportunity on how they handle this adversity. And I keep saying that, but really there's an area of, of growth there that can happen if they handle it the right way. So I, I'm curious to see how we handle when we hit rock bottom at some point, which we will, how do we handle it? And so having that opportunity, that's that's the part I'm the most excited about. Well, you were speaking there about growth, and I want to kind of go back to the, the team dynamic. You know, LMU's always had a pretty good mix of really good young talent that comes straight out of high school and can play baseball at a very high level, mixed with some more experienced guys that have been in the program for a while. They know the ins and outs. Now, how important is that balance on the roster to this team? It's it's really 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 critical this year's team we brought in two uh grad transfers um julian burry and alec cargan and they really are going to help because they're older guys in position which is where you need them julian's going to have an opportunity to hit at the top of our lineup and and alec cargan is our going to be our starting catcher which is pretty important to have some experience there and then we have some young guys that are going to have an opportunity to play um, Diego Baccaro is, is, has a shot to play some third base and hit in the middle of the lineup. And so I think we've done a pretty good job of having some young talent, right? We do have young talent, but in the right places. You know, we have some young arms in the bullpen that I really think are going to be good, but they don't have to step in and just pitch in a, a huge role right away. We can kind of ease them into it early on and get them comfortable. Um, so I think, I think it's a pretty good mix. Of the, of the new arrivals or even some of the younger guys, the underclassmen on this team, is there anyone in particular that has either surprised you or been a pleasant surprise in the offseason in terms of growth? Yeah, you know, from the from the new players, like I said, we have two JC transfers, um, Jimmy Galicia and Diego Barrera, the, those two kids. And then, um, like I said, we have the two grad transfers that I mentioned. And then the young kids, we have a kid named Adam Christopher um, that missed part of the fall due to an injury. And then we have Will Grimm, who's been a pleasant surprise, competitive left-handed pitcher and position player uh, from a really, really good high school in Southern California, Diego Barrera from Notre Dame Sherman Oaks. Um, He's been really, really good. Matt McClure from South Orange County, Owen Hackman. Um, Those are just a few of of the guys that I think have really shown us that that they're going to be good players here. Well, Coach, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to doing it again next time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. If you want to stay up to date with all things LMU baseball, you can follow at LMULionsBSB on Instagram and Twitter to see what the Lions are up to this season. You can also get an exclusive look into the LMU baseball program by listening in right here on 88.9 FM KXLU each Tuesday at 6 p.m. Or by visiting LMULions.com slash podcasts to relive each episode anytime. And Lions, thank you for joining us for All Access with Nathan Choate. Join us next week as head coach Nathan Choate continues to take you behind the scenes with the LMU baseball program. Until next time, I've been your host, Jonathan Grace. Have a great week, and go Lions!